Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast. I'm Virginia Stanley. I'm Lainey Mays. We are the library marketing team at HarperCollins Publishers. Join us every week as we present buzzworthy books through author interviews, conversations with editors, and expert opinions from librarians like you. Enjoy the show. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love Fest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Library Love Fest podcast. This is Lainey, and I'm joined today by editor Gabriella Doob. Hi. Hi. Hi, Gabriella is an editor at Echo, and she brought a great author guest, so I'm going to hand it over to her. Hello, thank you so much for having us. So excited to talk with you, Kendra. And I wanted to start out by asking you to tell us a little bit about the origins of Fruit Punch and just your journey to writing it. I'm happy to be here with you too, Gabriella, because you saw the, the strenuous process <laughs> of writing it. I think for me, I was writing it in grad school a little bit for like my thesis, which it wasn't really a thesis. It was just like, here's like some essay so y'all can leave me alone. Um, I sort of like had this idea a long time ago, maybe when I was like 18, to like write this heavily researched essay collection on like the concept of virginity and like how it's not real you know I grew up in the church and I wanted to write that for a long time but it just wasn't working out like everything I tried to write it was just like no and so I ended up graduating grad school and the pandemic hit at that time and I moved back to Dallas uh with my mama I moved back in with my mama that was Step number one of like, no, because I moved back in because my mom had started raising three of my small cousins. Like they were two, four and six at the time and nobody was helping her. And I was like, okay, I'll go back home. Keep in mind, I haven't lived at home since I turned 18 and not even in Texas since I turned 18. So I was going back into her house and that was a lot. And I started, to be honest, I started having like a lot of panic attacks like as as if I were a kid again and I was seeing like the way these kids are being raised and like how their parents were treating them and I was just like oh my god like I had to shift I was writing Fruit Punch at the time but it was very like ha 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 you know this is fun things from childhood and I started watching like these panic attacks happening I was like Kendra you need to like figure it out like why are you like why is this happening and I was getting triggered and I sort of like shifted from Fruit Punch being, it was a childhood memoir at the time, but it was not centered around like sexual assault. And it was not centered around the thing that is centered around now. And I started biting my nails again. So when I saw that that was happening, I was like, okay, Kendra, um, you're going to have to like be kind of honest and fruit punch in the way that like you've been talking around in your other books. Like when I look back, I've, I've been talking around like the same thing, but I think like with those children in my actual space, like they will come in the room and be like, Kendra, you writing your book? Or like, Kendra, what's your book about? Or like, Kendra, you doing this? I'm just like, Whew, I got to make changes for y'all because like I wish somebody would have sat down and like figured this stuff out for themselves. Mm-hmm. 
so that was kind of like the origin of it just like seeing those kids and being like I want y'all to like feel freer like I felt like kind of trapped I was like I gotta get out this house I love y'all that but I feel kind of trapped and like I just wanted them to like feel freer and like the only way I really know how to do it is to like stop lying about like my life yeah so you had the title fruit punch and from the title all on down sort of the book is so centered on the body in a, in a way I haven't quite seen before and you pay a lot of attention to the way the body moves through trauma and assault and desire and shame and fear and age and and change and and through that you explore many other questions was that always kind of the root of the story around the body around the experience of assault it, it sounded like it sort of changed at a certain point but the title stayed the same yeah I knew like I wanted to name it I'm really big on titles and names and like I would name something before I even write one word of it because I just like the name I'm like oh I'm gonna make this fit um but like with fruit punch I knew like I wanted to symbolize blood and I knew like I had the story of like my mother um already like I had already written that and like blood is centered in that story and I knew I wanted to like sort of like explore the way like blood lives within like black girlhood or like girlhood in general not even girlhood but like just this sort of container of like coming of age and how like we bleed and like things can happen to us to make us bleed and things internally can make us bleed and like all this symbolism I knew I wanted that to be sort of like the source or like the vehicle to navigate me towards the end which I'm not sure if there is an end of like not bleeding I had that title and then now looking back, I'm like, I should have named it Kool-Aid. But <laughs> I love Fruit Punch as a title. And I think for me, like when I think of bodily desire, bodily um, fluid, bodily things like that. That was something that I was like yearning for as a kid. Like my mom talked to me about sex. She talked to me about like all these things. But like we never got in depth of how anything made her body feel. So in that case, like it translated to me growing up, like just recently, like a year and a half ago, through like rewriting this book so many times, I kind of got, even going through therapy, like I didn't really, it didn't really stick of like what I was feeling on the inside. And that's something that I've learned from like the women in my family, like they just move on, like they act like the next day, hey, all right, what we doing? Like, what we doing? What we got to take care of? You know, just surviving. And I think recently when I start being forced to like deal with my feelings, um, I'm kind of realizing that like that internal warfare is like really the root of like my issues. Like I can deal with bodily harm, but like, which is crazy to say, like it doesn't feel as extreme, but like when I have to sit down and like, except certain things happen to me and they have names or like I have to sit down and realize that like I've been feeling guilty my whole life for things that had nothing to do with me or like I've been carrying burdens of the adults around me I think fruit punch the title like really like mirrors the content mm. you point to the kind of framing device um it's a very distinctive framing device of therapy sessions in the book and description of relating memories to a sort of an unnamed therapist. And I'm curious how that device suggested itself to you and kind of what you felt it allowed you in the book. Yeah, I love that question. Honestly, it was just like, 
me trying to do it on my own wasn't working. And what I mean by doing it on my own is like finishing the book. Like I did, I was getting stuck. I was just like, you saying the same things over and over. And I think that's where the book started like stripping itself and like taking out words. Like I took out a whole lot of words from that, from that manuscript. And when I started like writing about therapy and like being in therapy, I felt like I had to because in therapy was the first time I ever like said certain things aloud or like um, trigger warning, like the book deals with a lot of sexual assault. And I think in therapy, it took me a year and a half to even be like, oh, yeah, that's right. You're not lying to me. Like I was trying to trick the therapy therapist into believing like the names were not right. And he would just be like, Kendra, like you, you have to trust yourself. And I think that's like a lot in the book where he tells me like, you need to learn how to trust yourself. And that book is me trusting myself. So I wanted to like frame it into like that setting because it's so intimate and you don't really hear people I don't anyway hear people talk about the conversations with their therapist because it's confidential, of course, but it's just like, I wish like those things that we keep secret are like the literal things that like could free us. And I know like, I wish my cousins could go to therapy. I wish um, my mama, like all these people around me, my friends would like actively go to therapy and like, it's not that they can't, it's just they're scared. I just want them to like read that and be like, you're going to be okay. Like, it's very hard. You feel like you're dying most of the time or like you want to fight your therapist, but like, you can do it. <laughs> like, you can do it. It's not going to kill you. And so like, I wanted to frame it that way to where they, like my family is reading the book now a little bit. And my cousin who's in the book, he's a little bit younger than me. He texted me and he was like, He's weird. He's like really into, I don't know what's going on with him. Early 20s. Um, but he texted me. He was like, yeah. He was just like, um, thank you for like the shadow work you've done. And I said, I don't know what that is. What is shadow work? He was like, you know, just the things you talk about with your therapist in the book. Like, thank you. Like, I wish like I could go now. And that was like my goal. Like that's my goal. So seeing that makes it feel like it's worth it because it's very scary. Like even if I go back and read it, I'm skipping those therapist parts, which is wild. Mm -hmm. Like I'm skipping through them. I don't really want to read it. But knowing that like he read it and he just like, no, like it was the right thing. I was just like, oh, thank you. It makes you feel great. <laughs> It's so interesting because as you said, you did a lot of revision on the book as you went along and sort of thinking about therapy as sort of a constant process of like, of unearthing and going deeper and rethinking re and revising and naming. I'm curious just to ask you a little more about what that revision was like, since it feels like, you know, revising a memoir could be pretty different from revising anything else. You know, we're constantly changing as people even our our memory of the past can shift so can you talk a little more about what that was like for you yeah I want to apologize to you Gabriella because <laughs> I know like not every... what I was aiming for <laughs> but like I know every time I was like doing edits I would sit back in an entirely rewritten book <laughs> And you like you 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 worked with me the first couple times, and he's like Kendra, like this is enough. Thank you for doing that because I will still be rewriting it today if you did not say no. Like no. yeah, I guess it's part of our job in the end. But it's it is so interesting as an editor because at some point you you know you have to trust your writer. I think especially with a memoir, like 
it's their life. And there's at some point you don't have access to it beyond the words on the page. So you were kind of going on this whole journey. I wished I could have helped you more, but you, it's like, it seemed like you needed to do it on your own. Yeah, for sure. And you did help me. Usually I'm a big revisor in general, but I know like with essay writing and with poetry, like I know when it's, when I ain't got no more to give. And with memoir, like you said, it's just like, it's that I didn't, I didn't trust myself. Like that's really the root of it. I didn't trust that I was like saying enough. I didn't trust that uh, I was not giving, I was giving too much. And I think like, that's where like the stripping of like the words, like if I had to think of how many words I took out of this manuscript over the entire couple of years of writing, it's like 60,000 words that like I just didn't include, um, that I included at first and then I sort of like just picked and choose. Um, and I think the revision for Fruit Punch was really stressful if I'm being honest because I didn't trust myself and I kept wanting to like rewrite it and I kept wanting to start over it like that's where my mind goes is when I'm writing like if I can't figure it out just start over like you don't like everything just start from the beginning don't find the one thing you don't like just start over (laughs) um so it's just like that constant training my mind to to be like Kendra like you, you said the thing and like Kendra you did the thing and it's stylish enough for you and like now you're just pushing it and now you're just being extra and now you just I don't know like it was really really hard I had like a really rough time revising this book because to yeah it was like really hard like I didn't know if it would it would ever get done mm-hmm. like even with the dates getting pushed back I was just like I kind of felt kind of free, if I'm being honest. I'm like, oh, thank you. Like, I can figure it out. And then it was like, I pushed back again. I was like, oh, it's me. I'm the problem. <laughs> so, yeah. You said um, that way at all. Yeah. It was just like the, I guess I never, because I've, I've written, like, personal essays. Like, I do that all the time. But it's just like, I've never written a book length thing about myself and I've never read anything as personal as this Mm -hmm. so it was just like that fear of course you start thinking like what my family gonna think or like what my friends gonna think they don't know any of this stuff so it's like they meeting me again um and then it's just like well what do you think about it Kendra like how do you feel about it and that's something that I'm learning now is that that's another like childhood thing of like nobody ever asking me how I feel about anything so I just compartmentalize everything and like go to the next thing so now like with revising this book you have to figure out how you feel about certain situations because if you don't you won't really have a book to like go into so yeah yeah um I I almost feel like memoirs by poets are sort of their own genre in a way um just the way that poets think about language is so singular and you're a poet of course and it felt to me like that influenced some of the voice and then sort of the narrative forms in Fruit Punch. And I'm just curious how you think of those two mediums sort of in relation to each other. And if in terms of the voice of the book, it was it was very different for you to approach this as opposed to your uh, your poetry. I think like poetry is the greatest genre ever. And I wouldn't know how to write anything if I didn't know how to read a poem, which is something I recently, not recently, but like five years ago I didn't know how to read a poem like I would read it and I'm like do I like it yes do I I don't like it no I can't tell you why but 
you find poets that you love and like you get it and I got it. And I think for me, like that connection to prose is I kind of approach it the same way. I would say I had way more fun writing poetry, um, but like with <laughs> with prose, um, I kind of approach it the same way in terms of like form and like structure. Um, it's nothing more that would make that makes me like want to read a book less than just like big long bo- blocks of text that go on for like thirty pages, and it could be the greatest book in the world, but like. It just looked like I'm visual. It just looked like I don't want to finish it. And it takes me longer to finish it. Um, And so when I think about like things that I write, I'm always thinking about ways I can make it fun to look at because books are supposed to be entertaining. I think we forget that sometimes, like not all books, like, but it's not a history book. A memoir don't have to be a history book. It don't have to read like a textbook. Um, It can be fun. And I'm talking about childhood. So I knew I wanted to make it kind of like jump around sporadically. And I wanted to read kind of rushed, like a child would speak and kind of like how I speak now. The only way to do it was to like read the poets that I love. And so I always read poetry. It's very hard for me to get through um, novels and memoirs. Like I would read it, but it would take me a long time. And I'm giving myself grace for that because I used to feel bad for not finishing a book. But it's just like, I like the book. Like I can appreciate it. It's just, I need a certain amount of time to do it. Poets are the best, man. Yeah, poets are the best. And it's like, amazing what they can do with form and structure in a way that I think uh, with prose like prose writers can take more risk in Mm. because it's like a fear to like do something different in prose that you think it takes away from the story but like just poets and poetry like just reminds me that I can try anything like it can be experimental uh, like a memoir can be experimental, a memoir can be um, non-linear, a memoir can be like all these different things, whatever you want it to be, but as long as you work at it to like form it and shape it to where the story is like still there. Yeah, I really like that because I, I do, I think you're right. Sometimes there's a sense with memoir actually that structure becomes so conventional and it's so beholden to, you know, your life, um, the way you lived it and being, you know, precise or remembering um, what really happened, quote unquote. And so, you know, I, I really like that you introduced in your book a kind of experiment, experimentation and improvisation in a sense that, you know, it, it's there's never just a, like a one story. It's, it's so much is uh, revealed and how it's told. Um, so I also love the blurb you received from uh, Disha Filia. Uh, she wrote, uh, Entozake Shange implored somebody, anybody, sing a Black girl song. And in Fruit Punch, Kendra Allen sings fiercely for all of us who have been shattered and disregarded and yet somehow press on. Stunning, poetic, and absolutely devastating, this book broke and healed my heart. Um, it's just a fantastic quote, but it also got me thinking about your book in relation to the writing of, of Shange and others. Um, as you just alluded to, um, was there work that you felt you were especially in conversation with when you wrote Fruit Punch or sort of at these different points of the writing? Yeah, for sure. First of all, that quote, <laughs> every time one. I see, yeah, every time I see it, I'm like, dang, like, I love your writing. That's how I feel about your work. Um, but yes, big fan. Um, 
<laughs> both of those women, like you don't even know. Um, but for sure, I think I felt like the works, I would say while writing, it was probably Bojack Horseman. Um, I love Bojack. Yeah. I, th- I think Bojack is a perfect show. And it took me recently, like last week, I finally watched the last two episodes because I didn't want to finish it. And like, I was I was caught up. I was just like, I don't want it to end. And I, fu- I recently watched like the last two episodes. I was like, oh my God. Like, uh, I just wish like I had the language to say, what they are saying in this show in this book so I always think about that um Eve's I'm talking about movies and you said books um Eve's by you for sure um a perfect movie to me like I've never seen something accurately portray like my upbringing the way that movie has um the little girl in that movie does but book wise I would say it's a memoir called what about the rest of your life by Sun DM mm-hmm. and I would teach this book like I read all the time it's on this shelf right here it's like an amazing memoir and it does like that experimentation it is non-linear it is like one of the first memoirs that I read that was just like oh like you just trying shit and it's working like I love this I love Red at the Bone by Jacqueline Woodson love that book um, I recently just read, not recently, like maybe six months ago. It's this memoir called Dear Centurion by Ekweki Amezi. And they write this memoir like in letters, but it's like so beautiful. Like it's very poetic. It's very, I hate this word lyrical, but it's very lyrical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like beautiful the way like the life of this person like opens up. It's like very slow burn, but then like all these characters start connecting through these letters. And yeah, I wouldn't say it's in conversation with it, but like very inspired by it, like Mm. what it's doing on a style level. Yeah. Yeah. um, They wrote Freshwater, I think was earlier novels. Pretty amazing too. I just bought Pet. I'm going to read that. Yeah. writing through each genre I love writers like that I'm like I want to read everything (laughs) it's incredible yeah we had a a meeting with them a a few years back and for one of the earlier books and they said like they're constantly working on like three different projects and three different mediums but I guess some artists that's just how some artists work but it's extraordinary um (laughs) um I wanted to ask you, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm always interested in the shift that happens when someone goes from writing a memoir to kind of, to being a memoirist, to, you know, returning to that form time and again, do you think you'd, you'd write another memoir or some version of another memoir? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is only funny because I just told somebody I would never do this again, <laughs> but not like I would never like write about myself again, just the way that I went about it I would never do it that way again but I would always write about myself I love to like blend me into inside of like some cultural commentary like I want to write an essay collection a craft essay collection about like hip-hop and rappers but also like my relationship to them so like blended memoir with cultural commentary Mm -hmm. with um criticism and things like that like I said I just want to do something 
that I haven't come across. Not saying it's not out there because it's a billion books. It's probably out there and I will find it. But just something that like I relate to in that way. And that like feels like, oh, dang, I'm jealous I didn't write this first. Like I love that. Um, So until I do, I'm gonna have to figure out how to do it myself. So I would would not say that um, I will never do memoir again. I have to live a little more, you know, I said, I said my whole childhood, um, and then, um, yeah, I wouldn't say no, but it would take, like, it would be different. It wouldn't be so, like, narrative, if that makes sense. Yeah, early reader reactions and reviews have been so interesting to read. You spoke about sort of what the heart of the memoir was for you, but so many different readers seeing some piece of their experience there. And you spoke about your cousin who read the book and felt like he wanted to to have the experience of therapy or, you know, I'm just, I'm curious what reader reaction you're sort of looking forward to the most, like what would be the the most gratifying to hear from a reader? Oh, I love that question. I have not thought of it. I'm going to make up the answer on the spot. What would be gratifying to me is honestly, like, I see you, like, I get what you mean. Like, I see you. Mm because like that's been a lifelong struggle of like over, having to over explain and like repeat myself and like things like that so even if they don't like it even if they like find it hard to read like that's all understandable but just be like it was it was as honest as like you can be in that moment or it was like freeing like that you can feel like the the breakout you know what I mean mm. So that would feel gratifying to me. And also like you have good sentences that always feels good to hear. <laughs> you have very good sentences. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so many. Um, yeah, when I'm editing, sometimes I'm, you know, I'm editing, but I'm also like reading as a reader. And, you know, there are those lines you want to underline and flag and remember. It seems like you've freed yourself in this book to take those sort of chances and risks and not kind of repeat what you might have seen in, in previous books or previous memoirs. It just feels unconventional uh, in a different way. I think, you know, you, you have the experience as a reader of it just feels so so intense and headlong and unexpected and you don't know what's coming next. And there's so many moments that stop you in your tracks. So yeah, thank you so much for, for being here and so good to talk with you. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening to the Library Love Fest podcast. For more information on this week's episode, go to librarylovefest.com. Enjoying the show? We would love to hear what you think. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Library Love Fest and on Instagram at Harper Library. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and share the show with a friend. See you next week.